Hey, strangers. Uh, (laughs) That's all I have. Welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I'm Krista. With me, as always, is Kurt. I'm Kurt. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Oh, you were talking to our listeners. I was. Um, Wow. I should have thought about this more. How are you? How's your tooth? Let's talk about your tooth. Weird. Uh, It was not bad getting the crown on. There was literally no pain, but having two people digging in my mouth Mm -hmm. sucks. They like kind of crack the side of my mouth when they were propping it open. So that hurts. But the tooth, I don't know if I need to go in and have it ground down because when I bite down, I can tell I'm biting on a surface on that side Mm -hmm. where I used to never bite on. And I don't know if that's a normal thing. Usually they test your bite when you're done. Yeah. So which makes me wonder if it's going to, because it's even a little, it's not as distracting today as it was yesterday so i don't know if i'm just gonna get used to it or if i gotta go back okay. but it hurt like hell yesterday but it is better today good so I'm but i'm still not chewing on that side because it's sore and i still am weirded out that it's contacting on that side mm-hmm. so hopefully my voice doesn't sound different no. when i'm talking no nope, not at all but no that was okay oh and by the way if you're just tuning in for the first time and you don't want to hear us talk about kurt's teeth um <laughs> check the show notes Kurt will post the timestamp of the actual uh, topic start time. You can yes. skip over this chit chat. We're going to welcome new listeners or new strangers on the Facebook page. We're going to do a taste test, a little housekeeping. Usually takes about 20 minutes, but yeah. Back to your teeth. Back to my teeth. No, so it's okay. I, uh, well, you'll be hopefully you'll be ready for Turkey Day because the like uh, Turkey Day I generally eating. just load up on stuffing and mashed potatoes and those are yeah, soft. Yeah, there's not anyway. a lot of crunchy stuff on, no. on Thanksgiving, is there? No, there's hmm. a. I don't know if you've seen a Meyer. There's a Meyer commercial out now where it's like a family around the table talking about. I love grandma's stuffing with the weird crunchy bits. <laughs> there's a girl, the girl that says, "I love the gravy with the weird lumps." I, I'm in love with the girl oh, that says wow. that. She is. I don't think I've seen she it. She is gorgeous. Okay. She's a Kurt girl. She's totally a, She's Kurt, a Kurt girl. girl. Well, I'll have to watch. So this that's an commercial. aside. But okay. uh, but we have a Meyer here, and I love Meyer. So do I. So I'll but watch no, for the tooth commercial. is doing okay. I got my okay. McDonald's this morning, and that was an ordeal yeah, because. Yeah, let's hear about that. Tell me so about I, that. So I first time this has ever happened. I my order is eight dollars. Okay. It's a no change. It's like no. It's eight fifty something because okay. it's sure, like sure. it's it was like the two burrito meal. Do you a pull large, up and they're like, hey, Kurt. No, <laughs> a large coffee and a small coffee. Okay. And uh, do you eat this? Eat. Do you drink the small coffee and on a the sausage way here? biscuit too? Okay. Uh, so, small coffee gets drunk on the way here. And then you bring this one. And then. I bring this one. This but is the one you do I the photo with. I got up to pay my eight, and the, the guy said, the person ahead of you paid for you. <gasps> Shut up. And I'm like, all right. I don't want to be a douche canoe and be like, well, I'm not going to pay for the person behind me. And it's like, the guy paid for me. Yeah, what if the person and behind somebody you is like behind $50? Me and I am broke as hell right now, like yeah, yeah, badly, yeah. like scary. You and could I'm, just be like, like, here's $8 no, towards I, their order. I, I should have done that, but I was like, well, should I take the risk that theirs is more or, le- or less than mine or more? So I paid theirs and it was like 16 bucks. Oh, and I was man, like, it's double. I know. So now I'm even broker than I wanted to be and I got to stop and get some groceries on <laughs> the way home. I've been like living off bologna sandwiches. Random act of kindness. I know. Cost random you an act extra eight bucks. Ruin Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's my McDonald's story. I wonder if it just got more and more expensive as like the line went. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> like last the one people was like, behind the you. The last one was for a business or something. It was <laughs> right. like 300 bucks. But no, we need to jump right into this because we have a lot to talk about. Okay. Uh, yeah, stop screwing stop around. Stop talking Kurt. about my teeth and McDonald's <laughs> and me being 
screwed at the drive-thru. Um, so we got to give shout outs to our newest strangers. And those are Trenton Quicklick, Alina Vikdahl or Vikdahl, Jennifer McLean, and Andrew King. Thank you guys so much for joining. Andrew's in the UK and oh, yeah. he messaged me about how to join the group and then all of a sudden he was already in. So he loves the podcast. So yeah. Andrew, thank you so much for finding us. And we have a new, another new listener from the UK who I sent you. A, yeah. Jason, I think his yeah. name is. Hey, yep. Jason, what's up? Yeah. Um, We're becoming big in the UK. Yeah, man. I would love to go back. <laughs> we should go visit. I do. I want to, because last time I was there, it was just London. I want to venture out to the... That'd be amazing. You know, like I want to see like the Bronte Museum because Emily Bronte is mm-hmm. my... my literature crush but i also got two different you have a literature crush <laughs> two different shout outs for today one of them is to a new podcast i found called all the sins of wisconsin it's kind of a true crime podcast about things that have happened around wisconsin so which one do you have a crush on because i was looking at their pictures and i'm like wow they're both really cute and they have a lot of really like professional looking pictures of them honestly i didn't even think about it yet oh, I, I no you haven't looked at the pictures no i mean i oh, saw but i didn't look they are super cute i just saw like one picture and i was like oh and that's that's mims and fallon they're the two that that do the podcast so do you think those are like their podcasting names i don't know we should have went with podcasting names mims and fallon those don't um, sound like real names <laughs> <laughs> but no it's a really good podcast so if you're in wisconsin or just into true crime uh they've had i told them if they ever need research around one from the Manitowoc Sheboygan area we would definitely help them it's so not the Avery case yeah I told them that too because <laughs> I was writing I was writing I think it was Fallon I was writing back and forth with oh that's cool so Mims and Fallon you guys are awesome keep up the good work yeah. and listeners listen to their podcast all the sins of Wisconsin and I wasn't going to do this until I was on the way down here, but I want to give a shout out to an app that I've been playing all the time because it's just... Do you it's, think it's listening to us right now? It, it could be. It could be. <laughs> no, it's called Q. Okay. C-U-E, and it stands for Cards, the Universe, and Everything. Okay. It's... Uh, I, it, it showed up as a targeted ad on my Facebook, and I saw the pictures, and I'm like, that actually looks kind of cool. So uh, I told Corey about it, and now Corey and I have been playing... This is what it looks like. I mean, it's it's like a, a cool, it's like okay. a card, a collectible card game. Okay, I see what you're saying. But what it does is it has thousands of cards about everything you can imagine. It, it has a section on owls. It has a section oh, on space like travel. Owls. It has a section on cats. It has a section on famous authors. It had a section on Halloween one that had ghosts, poltergeists. and uh, So how do you play? I'll show you. Like the cards, like these are my cards. These are all the cards I own. And when did you start playing? A couple days ago. Oh, so you've already got like... <laughs> yeah, because you buy cards in game with their currency. You get okay. either coins or gems depending on what you do. And then you can use those coins or gems to buy more cards. Okay. So I told Corey about it. And now Corey's been playing it all the time. So him and I are constantly trading cards oh, to each cool. other because he gets doubles. I get doubles. And So what's the goal? The goal is to beat... You're going to go into a match, a league match against somebody else with their cards. And your goal is to beat them three times. So do certain cards have the more cards power? have different values okay. and cards certain cards do different things. Like I was I thought it was funny. I was parked at the Loves down by you waiting mm-hmm. to come here. <laughs> and uh I got a Harper Lee card. Oh nice. And what it does is it reduces the power of birds, bird cards for to kill a mockingbird. It reduces oh, the power of bird cards in your opponent's deck. So if so they're like using trumps a bird Yeah, card. if they're using okay. bird cards, it takes away the power of their bird cards. Oh, I love it. And, That's clever. Yeah, and there's all these different like like uh like certain cards will affect other cards but not necessarily in like the same 
like there's one in the Greek, there's like an ancient Greece section I have, and there's a card in there that affects solar system cards. Hmm. So you make a deck out of these cards, and then you play against somebody else, and whoever gets the most points. And it's a it's really fun, but I'm more into like actually collecting the cards. Like Corey and I just love collecting the cards. Hmm. And you can say what card you want, and then people hit you up to trade you for that card. Okay. So it's a lot of fun. So if our listeners are interested, it is called Q. C-U-E, standing for Cards, the Universe, and Everything. And if you go on there and you want to friend me, my username is E-L-B-R-O-O-S-H-A. El Brusha. Okay. Which is... is I was going to say, there's some significance An old Hebrew legendary creature that's a vampire cat. Oh, okay. So that is my name on there. Interesting. And my little logo thing picture is an angry looking cat. Okay. So my El Brusha is my name on there, E-L-Brusha. So friend me on there, and if you want to play a game with me, that'd be cool. Very cool. But it's a fun, like the cards are just so cool. You know, like you get a card, like this one is Irish stew. When mm. you tap on it, it flips it over and it tells you like facts on the back. Do you get a recipe? That'd be nice. Yeah, some of them do have really? recipes actually. <laughs> so awesome. it's just a really fun game and it's cool to collect these cards. That's cool. So yeah, I'm giving a shout out to Q cards. Cool. Yep. I wanted to do some housekeeping um, to talk about what's going to happen over the break because I want people to be prepared. I don't want anyone to be caught off guard. I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to be migrating our whole episode library to a new platform so there's going to be a little bit of interruption to to being able to listen through apps but you'll still be able to listen to youtube youtube is totally separate from everything you you upload kurt uploads everything to youtube completely separately from like our website and our rss feed um i think i'm going to be migrating to podbean that's i think that's what brad uses i asked him for some advice and they, they support iTunes and, and RSS feed services. So I think that's going to be a good choice. And it's pretty reasonably priced. There will be like a monthly fee, but it's worth it. Um, so yeah, that that's something I'm hoping to work on pretty much right after our last regular episode comes out, which will be December, was it like the 5th? Something like, no. Yeah, something around that time. Or the 7th? Hold on. I'm going to look at the calendar. <laughs> Speaking of the next episode, well, I'll wait till she's done. Um, We're recording the 4th. It will come out the 5th. Yep. So in the couple of weeks following that, I want this done before Christmas so that I can just kind of yes. have a break. And what we're also planning on doing is we have two mm-hmm. uh, side sessions episodes backed up. So we're going to do, next week will be a side sessions episode. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be done for this season. Yeah. So even our coffee listeners won't have any bonus content no, while we're off no, for our break. No, because it, it'll be our break. And what we're going to do is there's going to be a Christmas Eve episode. You know that. What? <laughs> there will be a Christmas Perhaps. Eve episode. Perhaps. <laughs> and then because Chris and I don't plan on starting to record again until the very end of January, uh, we're going to release our other side sessions episode in the middle of January, so you guys have that to listen to. And that's for everyone, right? And that's for everyone. Yep. No, that's just going to be for everyone. It's yep. going to be like, be like a, a little bonus. It'll be like a break episode. episode. It'll be like a little bonus episode, so you can hear our melodious voices and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're going to do that. <laughs> so that's the pl- that's the game plan going forward. But that being said, next episode season finale, listener stories. Yep. We've got a couple backed up. We do. So if you guys have any listener stories you would like to send to us, please feel 
free to do so. And especially if you had sent us one previously that didn't make it in an, in remind an us. episode, <laughs> yeah, we might have missed us. one. Yeah, please it's send it again. It's real easy for stuff to get lost yeah. between the Especially cracks. when we're both accessing the same email. Yes, and I assume Krista read something. She assumes exactly. I read it, and then nobody reads it. I so. usually let you handle email. Yeah. You usually respond to everybody, so I feel like Yeah, but then I feel I bad because Instagram. you're like, did you see this person's email oh, from last yeah. week? And I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, so, so we try. We'll get better next season. <laughs> Will we? We're gonna, we'll, we'll have new chairs. <laughs> we'll have new chairs. <laughs> and a new laptop. Yeah, so that's, we're good. We're we'll be on a good. new platform. It's going to be a fresh start. But let's jump six. right into our packages. Okay. We have two packages. The first from... That's my drum Mr. Ball. and Mrs. Josh Carpenter. Yes. Longtime listeners. Longtime friends. Okay. Krista's going to open I'm it. getting my camera ready. All right. This should be relatively easy for me to open. You don't need the dagger, ceremonial dagger? Nope. Look at this. Boom. Dang. Boom. Okay. What a mm, quickness. There's a couple things in here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> as soon I'm as, already like, As soon oh as I goodness. see her eyes light up and go, oh, my goodness. I know she's looking at it's something like cool. It's like a little Sasquatch. <laughs> it's cool. Um, cast. That's cool. How adorable is that? Okay. There's a little note. <laughs> that is so cool. Drop it. I'm not going to drop it. Look how cute that is. Okay, I got to take a picture. The lighting down here. You is need to put that your terrible. keys on there. I'm, I'd be afraid to put this. No, I'd be afraid this would break unless it's made out of plastic. Hang it in your car. This is so adorable. So now I have to read the little note. If I can, because I don't have glasses on. Dear Kurt and Krista, once again... We were somewhere we had to send you a souvenir from. <laughs> this time it was the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. Just, right? Yeah. I think Jamie had been there. Just a couple little things to add to your collection. Stay strange, Josh and Whitney. P.S. Looked for Moxie. No Moxie. Oh, so they Moxie. also sent us a little pen. That is awesome. It says International Cryptozoology Museum. That is Love so it. cool. Thank you so much, you guys. Seriously, for even thinking of us when you went there, because I would be amazed at that this place. This is like the cutest, though. Yeah, Krista's gonna. It's either gonna go in our Krista's, little. Yeah, Krista's obsessed with the the so Bigfoot adorable. cast keychain. It's a it's like a little baby Bigfoot. It's print. like a little baby Bigfoot <laughs> foot. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Thank you so much, yes, guys. Thank you, guys. That's amazing. And our next package from longtime listener, longtime friend Tom Napier. Okay, hold on. Oh my god, this gosh, is a this big, is box, big box. So we have no idea <laughs> what this is. is. I've run out of table space. Okay. No dagger? No. no? Krista just tears it. I'm just muscling it open. See some kind of bubble, not bubble wrap. They don't use bubble wrap anymore. Have you noticed that? No. It's this this stuff. Yeah, like the air pockets. Oh, what is this? Okay. Ooh. It's a Mothman figurine. <laughs> this is cool. That is really cool. I don't know what this is. This is so cool. There's something else in here that I don't know what it is. Unless this is... What do you think this is? I don't... That's another... Is that a picture or something? It says, how, how art thou? It's art. Mm. Ooh. Look at Easy open tabs. This is that so is cool. so cool. This that is Mothman, he's definitely, definitely going, going on our hutch. Yes, in our hutch. Thank you, Tom. This is cool. That's really cool. I have to take a picture of that. We love our Mothman. What is this all about? Okay, I'm it's trying to be, be some very kind of gentle. art. Oh. <laughs> what? It is something that we desperately need on our wall down here. Okay. You ready? You're going to show me? Do the big reveal. You ready? Yeah, and then I'll take a picture. 
Oh, that's awesome. I want to believe. <laughs> that's our X-Files poster. I do believe. That's awesome. This is so cool. And I've wanted one of these down here. So Since like the start of us recording, that. I've wanted one of these for us. This is awesome. Tom, thank you so much. I have wanted one of these from the start. And I think I've mentioned in an earlier episode, I wanted the X-Files I Want to Believe poster for here. really cool. That's awesome. That is awesome. Then just in time for Krista to redecorate down here over the holidays. covered up with this for now. I'm actually going to put it back in the envelope for now. That's going to be perfect. Yes. It will have a feature spot. Thank you so much, Tom. And thank you so much, Carpenters. That is awesome. Okay, I'm going to put Mothman in the cabinet right now just so that he stays safe. Thank you guys so much. These are all such awesome gifts. So awesome. Okay, are we doing the taste test? Yes. Yes, yeah, sorry, last week we didn't, or last episode we didn't have a taste test. First for you. taste test is all you, you can only do one of them or whatever you want. So this is all, this is me. Hazelnuts. Oh, ooh, I'm excited. I figured you would be. Mm hmm. I should probably end with this one because you know the other one's probably going to be gross. <laughs> Did you pull the other one out of the Mexico bag? Oh, yeah. It's in my pocket. <laughs> All right. I still... Cuba this might... Or... Oh, we have those here. Yeah, those I'm are gonna good. I'm going to try the one we don't have. Yeah, they are. How have I you tried. I tried part of one before I realized there was hazelnut in it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this one. It's called... Cuba. I got that, I think, thinking it was Cuba. peanut butter. So I took a bite out of oh. it and I was like, that's not peanut butter. And I looked at the envelope, but it didn't hurt me. So I don't that's know if good. I didn't get hazelnut cream in that one. Were you Cuba. tested for allergies or did you just have a reaction? I just know. I just okay. know. All right. Cuba. I'm e Like I said, I'm eating Cuba right now. Thanks, Cuba. Ooh. Cuba looks good. It does look good. This reminds me of <laughs> Caddyshack. Duty. Okay, ready? keep going the wrong way okay that's go. gonna be good uh -huh. it's gotta be good mm. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> it's so good it looks like mm. really chocolatey mm -hmm. and ch are there pieces of hazelnut in there really small there's just a tiny bit of crunch it reminds me of like sarugis <sighs> sarugis how good. they're it's yes. so creamy yes mm. yep this is amazing mm. the hazelnut flavor is actually really strong it's delicious mm. 10 out of 10. It's as crunchy. It's not super crunchy, but I don't mind it. It looks really good. Smooth. I'm a little it's jealous amazing. that I'm allergic mm. to hazelnuts right now. You ready for the next one? I'll save this one for a future one. Yeah, I'm ready. Maybe. I don't know about this one. 10 here. out of 10. Thank you. Who sent us these beads? That is from, from uh, yeah, beads from Norway. Okay. Thank you. Beef. Ready for our Mexican one? No. <laughs> Just being honest. What the heck is that? No idea what this is. We might oh, have to put man. it on our fingers and lick it off. Off our own fingers, not each other's. Okay. Unless you want to get weird. Unless you want to get weird. That's for a side session. <laughs> That's for I the... can't see what I'm doing. Hold on. I'm trying to get a picture of whatever this is. That's for our late night unedited sexy section sections. Our sexy sexy sessions. Session? Okay. I literally um, don't know what that is. It looks yeah. like a syringe. Okay. After <laughs> we ran out of camera battery. Um, we're just continuing with the taste test in audio, so I'm unwrapping this Testing. Thing. One, two. It looks like a little syringe. Did you turn that mic off? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what to do with this. I Do I take this off? Oh, God. It looks like a syringe, and then I think the goop is going to come out oh, the end thing. Okay, so <laughs> how the hell do you get this off? Did you oh. take a picture of it? Wait. Oh. 
Oh. <laughs> I got it on my hand. No, because that's going to have to squeeze it. through the top. So that top needs to be on. Oh, do you think so? Yeah. Take a picture of that. You think it's going to come out the top of that? Let me see. Do you think there's a hole there? That's what she said. No, there is no hole there. No, I think it comes out here. Yeah. And I'm just going to So put you're it supposed on to lick finger. that. I think yeah, you're I'm supposed to lick it. <laughs> I'll put it on my finger, though. God, this is like an ant colony waiting to happen. <laughs> okay, it ready? is. Here, hang on. I got to get a picture of you with that. Oh, God. I'm afraid. Ready? I can't get it to. Ready? Smile. <laughs> I literally can't get this to move. As soon as you push down, it's going to like squirt all over oh, the it's table. It's really slow. Okay. I'm just going to wipe some of it on my finger. That's what I'm going to do. Gross. <sighs> Everything heck? smells like figs. <laughs> Why is that? Why is this so hard to move? Well, it's oh, been there in there go. a while, so. Oh, its consistency is even nasty. I don't even like. Do I take a picture of my finger? No, I'm not doing that. That's gross. Picture <laughs> of <Sure>, my finger. <sighs> so yeah, so you're supposed to just like push the syringe up and then like lick this off the top. Yeah. But all I'm doing is like moving it all around the top. <laughs> Come on. I could probably lay okay. some tile with that. Okay, you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, it does smell like figs. It tastes like figs. Everything has that same note to it. You know what I'm talking about? This is fruity. It's tart. <laughs> I'm not getting any spice at least. I'm making the face. <laughs> no, it's not spicy. I sort of like this. It has that note though that is in every single one of the the candies we've tried that I keep Are calling you okay it with tomato. Me licking it, like, no, this? you can have it. I'll be licking it I this episode. It's hard to explain what it is, but it's a common theme through all of the candy. It doesn't lick easily. I keep wanting to say. <laughs> I thought it would like lick off of there easily. Yeah, it's. Oh, my I like my this. Sticky I actually like this. It's okay. I'll give it like a five. It's not my kind of thing, but it's not as offensive as all the other stuff. I'm going to give it a nine because I genuinely like this. It's just so odd. Would you like spread it on a cracker or something? I feel like that would be a better way to eat it. No, I think you're supposed to lick it off the plastic top. I want another bite of it. But it doesn't lick good. Like I like lick. I put my tongue on there and all it does is like push it around. It It doesn't lick it. Mm -hmm. Mm. My candy bar is delicious though. My Mm. tongue is getting to work out. Alrighty then. Wow. And your arms, apparently. Yeah, because it doesn't push out easily. I like this. Hmm. Pleasantly surprised. Is this the first one you've liked? No, I think we've had one good one, right? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Maybe one good one. They're very creative in... Their packaging. Yeah, the delivery of the goodie. (laughs) Delivery of the goodie. Although the word goodie is... I am going to be sucking on that and licking that this whole episode. Oh, boy. As long as everybody's okay with it. Are okay, we hold, ready? Hold on one second. Ready to jump into our episode? Let's do it. I'm hoping our intro, our titillating 20, didn't become a thunderous 30. <laughs> I don't think so. But we're going to see. So, today's topic is a Missing 401 Spotlight episode on Stacey Aris. Did Aris. somebody suggest this one? A while ago, okay. yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's Aris. I still could because of podcasts I listen to, everybody pronounced it differently. But <laughs> I'm going to say Stacey Aris because Aris. it's How's A-R-R-A-S. Okay. Aris. But yeah, this that's is, how I would say it. This episode is going to be kind of a jumble because there's not a lot about Stacey's disappearance. So we're going to talk about her disappearance, 
the tie-in with Missing 411, okay. and then just general Yosemite weirdness and paranormal stuff there. Okay. Does that sound cool? Sounds cool. We're going to start our main story with a couple uh, facts about Yosemite National Park in California. Fact number one, it is... Big. Big. It is... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I was just guessing. 1,168.681 square miles. Jeez. Yeah. 747,956 acres. I was going to ask if you had the acreage because yeah. I'm good at thinking in acreage. Wow. Yeah. 747,000 acres. Dang. That's a big old park. That's big. Fun fact number two. What part two? of California is it? Is not, it like I'm, no- I'm, northern, I'm southern? I'm not sure. I think smack dab in the middle maybe. Okay. I'm not sure. Fact number two, the whole park has over 800 miles of trails. Damn. <laughs> it's a lot of trail. get a workout in It's a there. lot of trailage. It is. And fun fact number three, it draws in around four to five million visitors every year. Year? Every year. Wow. That, that is insane. Probably locals combined with tourists. And looking this up during this episode, I like badly want to visit there. It looks so, so amazing. I've never been to a national park. I feel like Jennifer, the one Jen that sent us the good chocolates. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. she went there a couple okay. months ago. Uh, it just looks amazing there. I'm like so badly want to go there and they see it They have like the huge redwoods there, yes. right? Yeah, yes, the sequoias, like too. the giant sequoias. So I am going to admit that a majority of this episode came from, it's being like directly coming from uh, articles. Oh, Because okay. I just basically didn't have time, so I took a lot <laughs> of stuff from articles. That's okay. As long as you give them credit, yes. I'm cool with it. So a lot of this comes from an awesome October 27th, 2017 article on strangeoutdoors.com called, quote, The Bizarre Disappearance of Stacey R.S. from Yosemite National Park going to start with a discrepancy here because every single source that I looked at had a different start date. Okay. And that's one of the problems with this case is mm. that there's not a lot the timeline's of not concrete real... stuff. But okay. the one that I saw most often, on July 17th, 1981, 14-year-old Stacy Aris was on a horseback riding trip with her father, George, and six other people in Yosemite National Park in California. After riding, they stopped at a group of cabins at Sunrise High Sierra Camp, which is around three miles southeast of Tanea Lake and 1.5 miles from Sunrise Lakes. The group was going to rest and freshen up after the ride, and they planned on staying the night at the camp. Sunrise Camp is the last group of cabins on the 50-mile-long High Sierra Camp Loop. Nine cabins provide beds for 34 guests, and it sits in an alpine meadow facing Mount Florence and Mount Clark. It looks gorgeous. Like I saw pictures from the place. So how many people were in her group? Did you say that? Uh, that was another thing that I didn't get a lot of concrete information on. Six. I see six. Okay. I see seven. I see eight. I see oh. five. Okay. So I'm, I facts said six. Facts are a little fuzzy on I this one. I said six. Yes. Okay. Facts are fuzzy on this one. So they were basically out there in the park doing on a horseback riding trip and they had this campground. Uh, where they were going to spend yeah, the night. Yeah, the, the Sunrise High Sierra Camp okay. where they were going to stay for the night. And the pictures of like where it is, it just looks amazingly Stunning. beautiful. Yep. Stacy took a shower and changed her clothes and left the cabin that she had been in. Her dad was outside and an older member of the group named Gerald Stewart, who is 70 to 77 years old, depending on what source you look at. Oh, but he's boy. in his mid to late 70s. Okay. Yeah, Gerald Stewart was sitting on a boulder about 100 feet away from the cabins. 
Stacy told her dad that she was going to head over to where Gerald was sitting and then head out onto the nearby trail to take some pictures of the view. She asked her dad if he wanted to come with her, and her dad declined. Oh, he's I probably know. kicking himself. I know. I and cannot imagine. No. Always wondering how things would have been different if right. if he would have said yes. So he said he declined. He said he just wanted to rest and get stuff ready. And he told her that maybe she should change from her flip-flops to hiking boots if she was going to go out on the trails. It was the last time he ever spoke with her. Mm. And this this stuff hits me so hard because two, like my eighth, my eighth graders from last year that have moved up to Lincoln that I was friends with, Samantha, Logan, uh, Cadence, are 14. So this kills me to think of this happening to mm-hmm. them at that age because she was 14 years old when she disappeared. So, yeah, it's just, it's hard. So everybody that was outside witnessed her walking over to the boulder where Gerald was sitting, and she snapped a couple pictures. She told Gerald that she was going to take a walk to a nearby lake or a body of water. This was either a few hundred yards to the flooded lower long meadow or the longer walk to Sunrise Lakes, which was 1.5 miles away. They don't know where she was going, Mm -hmm. but this becomes, we're going to get to this later, but this is kind of a discrepancy too. And she said she was going to head off to a body of water to take some more pictures, and then he offered to accompany her. After a little while of walking down the hill, Gerald felt tired and sat down and said he was just going to stay. Uh, Stacy said she was going to scout ahead and that she'd be right back in a minute. Gerald and several others at the camp watched Stacy walk into a path behind some trees. The guide who led the ride to Sunrise Camp was working at the corral and noticed Stacy standing on a rock about 50 yards south of the trail, just kind of looking around to get her bearings, apparently. Mm-hmm. And that guide was the last person to see Stacy. Hmm. She, she got off the rock and then went off and... So how far was she from camp by then? It was pretty far. Like, it, I saw pictures, a, a picture of the camp with, like, the trees in the background, and it mm-hmm. was pretty far from the camp. Okay. But... but the guide was there doing something at the corral and saw her. She headed off on the trail behind some trees, and then he saw her get up on a rock and like kind of look around, like she was getting her bearings. That got We're off looking for a good vantage point yeah. to take pictures, yeah. whatever. So she got off the rock, and that was the last time anybody saw mm-hmm. her. Okay. After a while, when Stacy didn't return, Gerald got concerned and returned back towards the cabin area and gathered the group to go look for her. They took the trail back and forth to the lake, but didn't see her, so the group contacted the park rangers, who then summoned search and rescue. Gerald told park officials that he had spoken to a group of people coming from the direction that Stacy had taken, but none of them had seen her, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, a huge search involving up to 150 people, including 67 Mountain Rescue Association volunteers and sniffer dogs, were deployed over 10 days. They concentrated on a three to five square mile area around Sunrise Lakes. Three helicopters were also used in the search, with the park's own chopper being in the air for over 40 hours. The only thing ever found was the lens cap from Stacy's camera sitting in a meadow just inside the tree line from where she was last seen. And that's, that's strange. That is strange. Just the lens cap. Just the lens else. cap in a in a meadow that was near where she last disappeared. And lens caps, you know, like, I don't know enough about photography. Are lens caps fastened to the camera? I mean, camera? that one is. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but some I aren't. Yes and I know no. lens caps get yeah, lost yes a no. lot. Mm-hmm. But it's weird that her lens cap was there in that meadow. And was there any evidence that she had walked through there? Like, no, was not the that ground I, not disturbed that I'm aware of. around it? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. 
So when she vanished, Stacy was wearing an off-white hooded pullover windbreaker with a horizontal zipper front pouch, a tight-fitting white jersey blouse edged with quarter-inch white lace, pull-on shorts with intermittent vertical sky-blue pinstripes and half-inch maroon and white stripes, size 8.5 or 9 gray hiking boots with rubber Vibram soles. Oh, so she took the flip-flops off. Yeah. Okay. A gold double-wrapped ankle bracelet and possibly blue round studded earrings. She had been carrying binoculars, a small Olympus camera with a multicolored embroidered embroidered neck strap, and possibly chewing gum and cigarettes because she was a smoker. What year was this? 1981. Okay. Okay. Uh, There's a lot of discrepancies if she had cigarettes with her. Hmm. If she had cigarettes with her, that's probably a good thing because then she would have had like a source of fire. Mm Mm-hmm. If she, she would have froze, if it would have been cold right. at night, she probably would have had something to start a fire with. And sadly, one of her most identifying features were her braces, which will ultimately help Identify if they find her. Yeah. her skull somewhere, mm-hmm. which sucks to think about. Mm-hmm. It sucks to think about that right now. Her her braces might be out there mm-hmm. somewhere. I don't know. That just that for some reason that really bothers me. That really gets to me. That like finding a skull with braces well and it speaks to like her age too i mean i know adults get braces but she's 14 right you know she's a child yeah yeah so the park's then superintendent robert binnowice told the fresno b that quote she just seems to have up and disappeared and this disappearance set the ball rolling for what would become known as missing 411 In 2011, we talk about him quite a bit, Mm -hmm. David Politis submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the National Park Service for Stacy's case file. According to a March 30th, 2021 article on Mysterious Universe called, quote, The Bizarre Vanishing of Stacy Aris, Politis himself says, quote, So there was essentially nothing about that case for 25, 30 years. I made a request on it through Yosemite for the Freedom of Information Act to get a copy of the report. A special agent for the Park Service named Yu called me and asked me why I wanted the report. I explained that we were doing some research on search and rescue and we were specifically looking into people who disappeared at Yosemite and we wanted to see what was in the report and he said there was nothing there. And I said, well, are there any suspects? Is it a criminal case? He said, nope, it's a missing persons case. I said, has anybody looked at it in the past 10 or 20 years? He said, not that I can think of. Hmm. And I said, so That's there's no, sad. I said, so there's no suspects. There's no work being done on the case. She hasn't been found. He said, correct. And I said, okay, well, could you send me a copy of the case? And he said, nope. I said, why not? He says, because it's an open case and you'll never see it. And I said, but we've gotten dozens and dozens of missing persons cases from the park service. Why not this case? He just repeated, you'll never see it. And I said, what do you mean? I'm not going to get it. It's an open missing, it's an open missing persons case. Any criminal elements? He said, nope. I said, are there any suspects? He said, nope. I said, well, why won't you give it to me then? And he says, well, we never give away these cases. I said, wait a minute. I have dozens and dozens of these cases from your agency all over the U.S. He said, no, you don't. I said, yes, I do. And we got into this talk. He challenges me. He's rude. He says right from the get-go that I'm never going to get this. And so far, he's right. And we got off the phone. I went to my local congressman, Ian Campbell. I appealed through him. His representative in Washington, D.C. went and met with a representative from the Department of the Interior, and I got an answer back from him saying that they won't release the case. Wow. The family of Stacy got a hold of me. They publicly asked for the case. It was denied. 
They made an appeal through the Park Service so the family could read the case, and this has dragged on for two or three years, and they still have not seen the case. So what happened to Stacy? I don't really know. But according to the Freedom of Information Act, and what the law is intended to do, is give us access to information that our government has. This is not a criminal case, and there are no suspects. There's no crime that is thought to have occurred. But nobody can explain to me or her family why we can't see that case. Because there's, I think there must be information in there that would lead to suspects or a criminal case, but they're covering it up. That's what it feels like. Yeah. That's suspicious. But yeah, they, they stated that it, w- it was part of an ongoing investigation, but Polite said that her case hadn't been looked at in 25 years. Poor family. So I don't know. Hey, nobody's I mean, working on this. You yeah, know? It's, uh, it just makes no sense to me. No, it uh, doesn't. I saw a couple people theorize that they maybe think a park ranger was killing people, mm-hmm. and this is My either to there. protect him or, you know, they obviously don't want... That would stop to- visitors Tourism from their park. Would, would go down the toilet if right. there was a, a serial know, killer. Like a ranger list. was killing people, but right. that would have come out at some point. You think? You would think. But it's just weird. Like I, I don't know. It, that, but that's kind of what started the ball rolling on the missing four one one cases. Or it's a Bigfoot situation, and they don't want to scare the public. That's very possible too. There have been other weird. <laughs> Never thought of Bigfoot as a serial killer, but <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> There have been other disappearances in that general area. There, it's That's what, uh, you know, David Politis has his map uh, clusters. Mm-hmm. So there's been a couple in that area. There was Stacy in 1981. And, you know, I'll, I'll just read it. Stacy was a 14-year-old girl on a horseback riding trip with her father and several other friends at Yosemite National Park. What was likely a picturesque and enjoyable ride over the stunning wilderness of Yosemite became a nightmare for the Aris family. After arriving at the Sunrise High Sierra Camp, Stacy cleaned up, decided to take a walk. She asked both her father and another member of the party to join her, but her father denied her and the other member only walked for a little bit. She made it clear that her walk was only down to a nearby lake in order to take some photographs and stretch her legs. The lake was nearby within earshot of the site, and the area was not known for any instances of anim- animal predation. Thus, her father likely thought little of his daughter's actions. However, once she embarked on her short walk, Stacy was never seen again. After a comprehensive and thorough search lasting nine days with over 100 people, sniffer dogs, and helicopters, nothing more than the lens cap of her camera was ever found. Sniffer dogs. Sniffer dogs. <laughs> That's cute. But going back in early August of 1868, <laughs> going back in early August of 1968, a man's body turned up in a crevasse located within Tenure Peak. This is a site not far from the Sunrise High Sierra Camp and the lake where Stacy disappeared. This man has never been identified, but analysis of his body was never able to determine the cause of death. Incredibly, obvious signs such as blunt force trauma or multiple broken bones that might prove a fall to his death in the gorge were not present. So they found this body in 1968 in a crevasse. No idea how he got there. No idea who it is. They still don't know who this person is. Mm And in 1976, little more than a mile away from the gorge where the body of the mystery man turned up, 25-year-old Jeff Estes disappeared. Even after official search efforts, as well as the effort of family and friends, not a shred of evidence was ever found, and he was never heard from. Hmm. And in 1988, in mid-July, slightly northeast from the site where the mystery man's body was discovered 20 years earlier, Timothy Barnes vanished. Similar to the Jeff Estes case, even after meticulous search efforts, not a shred of evidence ever surfaced. So these all took place in the 80s. Yeah, in this area, in this like little area that it does just kind of speak to like a serial, a serial killer. killer. Yeah, and and if you were a serial killer and wanted some place where you could 
collect people state, and do God knows what to them. Park. Yeah, a, a national, national park, park, a state park, any of those places. Endless places to hide people. Yeah, but that makes me think... Well, Jeff Estes was in 1976. Yeah, Joe, but like a, a, kind of like a 10 to 15-year period. That's, yeah. That's a reasonable Jeff time Estes period. Jeff Estes was in 1976. Stacy was in 1981. And Timothy Barnes was in 1988. And if you're a serial killer... That's, you know, unless that serial killer possible. was old but when it started. Like you said, that's what kind of... I go towards with this whole uh-huh. fact that they refuse to give out. But then, something but then, in what there is in there? It could if they never found her something. body, is there some kind of other evidence they found? Right. Like this one's puzzling to me. Like I don't understand why they're so hesitant to give out the details of what happened to Stacy. Weird about it. Yeah. You'll never see it. You yeah. don't have any other files. Like that's weird. Yeah. It's it's super weird. But unfortunately there's not a lot more to this and nothing was found on the lens cap like there was nothing not that i found but mm. again one of the problems i came into with this is not a lot of detail or conflicting details are information. conflicting yeah. uh but we'll get into this we'll get into i got theories right now okay um theory number one and this a lot of people believe this is the most likely theory number one she got lost and disoriented reddit user hector abaya says quote Stacy's disappearance is tragic, but not particularly atypical. It's a pretty common scenario. She left the group and was exploring alone, off trail, which is dangerous if you aren't carrying navigation tools and experienced in using them. She was also likely distracted, paying more attention to photography than to navigation. It happens to everyone, so that's not a criticism of her, and it usually isn't a big deal, but then sometimes it is. The search was fairly small relative to the size of the area they had to work with, and it's likely she kept moving even once she realized she was lost because the majority of victims do. But it's the absolute worst thing to do in almost every case because the searchers are then trying to play catch-up without even knowing where the victim is headed. Mm -hmm. So we're guessing and trying to catch up. Victims who keep moving run the risk of crossing back into areas that have already been searched. Most searches try to control for that by researching likely areas, but it depends on the case, and it still doesn't mean we'll research the right area. Mm-hmm. With Stacy, a point I see brought up fairly often is that she was within shouting distance, but I don't think there's a way to prove that. Sound in the wilderness is weird. I spent a ton of time hiding from searchers as a training subject, and even I'm still surprised at how variable sound can be. I've had searchers shouting for me from maybe 50 feet away who I couldn't hear because of a slight ridge and wind blowing away from me. On the other hand, I've been freaked out by hearing a dog panting and human voices just above me when I knew the team wasn't even close to me yet because I was hiding on the edge of a canyon and there was a weird magnifying slash echo effect. Usually the trend is for sound to be dampened though. Even a bit of vegetation, a small hill, and a slight breeze you barely notice are enough to muffle sound to a surprising degree. I also think people just underestimate how easy it is to get lost out there and that's something that I don't have any idea about because i've especially once you go off trail though yeah everything starts to look the same yeah like i've i have not spent enough time in even state parks too like i think you could i imagine going off trail just just a few feet but if there's enough vegetation around that you can't see the trail anymore and you turn around a couple times just looking around you can quickly forget what direction you came from yep oh Yeah, so then he goes on to say, I basically grew up in the wilderness because my dad is crazy about it. I was hiking before I could walk because he rigged up baby carriers to his hiking pack. We still go on week-long backpacking trips at least once a year, and it's a running joke to us that the car is just, quote, over that ridge when we're in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and are getting tired. And that joke didn't come out of nowhere. We've That's both so done, like Blair Witch. We've both done search and rescue, and it's an extremely common lost hiker scenario. Mm. Plus, we've also gotten into mild trouble due to that idea. 
the Aris, Aris, I, I always, I don't know if it's Aris or Aris. I always feel like it's Aris. The Aris case is a tragedy, and my heart breaks for that kid, but it's fairly typical missing hiker case. The only thing that's unusual is that she wasn't found, but it happens. Searchers are basically looking for a needle in a haystack and usually find that needle. Sometimes they don't, but that doesn't mean supernatural influences were involved, especially in a situation like this where the search was fairly small relative to the size of the land. How long was she gone before they started looking for her? Just like an I'm, I'm going to say less than an hour, I mean, hour, two hours. She not gotten that far away, so you would think that the radius and a direction of what they were looking, the area... I mean, it's not like she was gone eight hours and they're like, no. oh, let's start looking. But then did she leave the trail? Because there was a trail. But I, I get conflicting reports on how the trail is. Like, in my head, I see a nice, smooth trail. But then I'm reading, like, sure. other stuff where people said it's really not Could be that kind of, of trail. Roots yeah, it's really not that and... kind of trail. So I don't know. Another Reddit user named Persimmon Pluot, no idea, (laughs) says, quote, I lived and worked in the park for several summers and grew up in the region. I know the area pretty well, and the official description of where she went missing makes no sense. Purportedly, the group arrived at the Sunrise Camp where they planned to stay in some of the cabins. We are told Stacy left to photograph the lake, which is said to be in sight of the cabins. There is no lake in sight of the cabins. It would have been a very long hike to reach a lake, so that discrepancy is odd. That fact changes things a lot. If she set out to really photograph the, a lake, then there was a lot of distance and space that could have been accounted for with her disappearance. Yeah, there, and if she had no idea really no, how exactly. far it was. There are many crevices and spots where she could have possibly fallen, and crevices conceal can conceal a body forever. However, not knowing where she went makes it difficult to guess. Was there like a fork in the trail or something at I some point? I don't think so, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get I couldn't really get a lock on this trail. Mm-hmm. A website called activemissingpeople.com had an article called quote Stacy Aris missing backpacker continues to confound investigators and the article said quote Investigators and backpackers alike feel that Stacy may have simply gotten lost by a series of innocuous mistakes that all added up. Outdoor enthusiasts have noted that people often don't realize when decisions they've made have landed them in a survival situation. In Stacy's case, she left out for a short hike near dark and didn't bring any emergency supplies or a flare. After taking pictures at the lakes, it's very possible she got turned around on a trail. Backpackers familiar with the area have noted that the short sight lines of the lake region, as well as the three nearly identical sunrise lakes, and the similar heading and topography of the trail in both directions, make it very easy to get turned around. As such, Stacy's most likely fate, tragically, is that she got lost on the sunrise trail and inadvertently found her way to the cliffs of Clouds Rest or Tanea Creek, both of which are incredibly sheer drops of thousands of feet. If she stumbled in the dark over one of these drops, her body would likely never be found. Hmm. The remote regions at the bottoms of these cliffs are treacherous and deadly and frequented by scavengers. Did they check the lake? Yes. Yeah, they had divers out there okay. checking the lake and everything. So that if is, she made it to the lake, yeah, we, guess that, we have that, no that idea. Yeah, that is theory number one. She got lost and disoriented mm-hmm. and ended up falling off a cliff or in a crevasse or somewhere. Theory number two, abducted. And that's where we come with our serial killer. Mm-hmm. There was like one of the Reddit things I looked at about this. There were people going back and forth saying this is like kind of a out of the way area. Mm-hmm. Is a serial killer? Is there gonna... a road nearby? I don't even. I don't think. It, I don't think very nearby. And it's like, is there a serial killer just going to hang out there and just happen right. to be there when she comes around the corner of the tra- of the trail? 
I mean, it could happen. I mean, it could be just uh, serial killers sometimes are opportunistic. You know, yeah. it's not like they plan it. If but they... no, and if if it was a park ranger, he has a reason to be out there. Right. And he might have not seen them up there and like waited till somebody came on the trail. Right. Like, I don't know. What if it was the one who saw her? Who? You said that there was a, a ranger or somebody who saw her on a rock. Oh, no, that was the guide. But he never left because they all stayed at the camp. Oh, okay. He was one of the guy. He was the guide at the camp that guided gotcha. them on the horsebacks there. Okay. So it was not him. And it wasn't that. A lot of people are like casting sus- suspicion on that Gerald guy who's like in his 70s. <laughs> the old guy who couldn't do the whole hike. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not going to kill her and dispose of her body. Right. Uh, so a serial killer, possibly, but as far as being abducted, I don't think you can just drag somebody out of that far out in the wilderness, you know, unless you're taking them somewhere else in the wilderness, you have like a hidey hole where you take your, which you you could, sure. Uh, I was reading like stuff about Yosemite and, and people said that they've gone off trail and found cabins in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing in there, but like a rusty bed spring bed with no mattress mm. and cans and stuff and it's like i don't know maybe sure it's possible uh other people suggest feral woods people or meth addicts mm. back in the 80s i don't know if we do even have meth in the 80s <laughs> <No idea. laughs> but you know did feral, they live in the middle of national woods parks people, feral, feral woods there you'd be surprised there's a lot of like pot growing operations that go on in the middle of oh, national sure. parks that nobody yeah. knows about but meth I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not big into the drug culture, so I, I don't know. I feel like what this was... is not a good no, theory. No, I don't know what was around in the '80s. We had, I have no idea. We had Jolt Cola. I remember that, uh, but that's about cocaine. Yeah, I can't imagine what was happening in the so middle feral of the woods, woods people or drug addicts. I don't know. Serial killer, feral possibly. But I just Bigfoot's feel not one of your theories. <sighs> uh, it, po- poor research, possibly, Kurt. possibly, <laughs> possibly. So theory number two: abducted okay. or killed serial killer. Mm-hmm. Theory number three that a lot of people come up with, she ran away. And people say that's super unlikely. You're on horseback. I mean, if you wanted to get away, you could have got away at any point. Uh, You're not going to come out here into the middle of the wilderness. And her dad is the one that suggested she changes out of her flip-flops and puts on hiking boots. So if she wanted to have taken off on the trail, she would have been wearing her hiking boots to start with, not her flip-flops. Well, and I feel like this family would have had some kind of clue. Yeah. Uh, kids don't just run away out of nowhere. Usually there's some kind of no. clues and, and leading are, up there's, to that. There's like, I couldn't find, nail any down, but there's miscellaneous reports of people seeing her like working at a restaurant supposedly like months after, but... She looked, she had the Farrah Fawcett hair, the blonde hair. She looked like... Who didn't at that time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you ever see a picture of her? No. Uh... But she looks like your typical early, late 70s, early 80s girl, you know, where you're not going to be able to really differentiate her from any other girl at that time. No. Oh, she's cute. She is cute. No, she looks like every other girl. Yeah. So I don't think she ran away. I'm going to end that one because that's, that always comes up in these cases that it's somebody wanting to, but why, if you're going to start a new life or whatever, I suppose getting lost in the, in the woods is a good excuse why you're dead. She would have had to have that whole thing planned. And they said she's 14 years old. She's not going to, she, I'm going to just poo poo ran away. She did not run away. It, it, It wouldn't have been spontaneous. I hope. Yeah. So number four, theory number four, animal attack. But this is also kind of uh, because black bears don't really attack people in that park. Are there uh, big there, cats? There has never been a reported human death by black bear in Yosemite National Park okay. ever. Cats, I don't know. But the thing about this is there would have been screaming 
Sure. There would have been blood and remains. Yeah. And there, nobody found any blood anywhere or anything mm-hmm. unless she got unless off trail. Unless there was intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're wink, only going wink. for Bigfoot, aren't you? <laughs> unless she got off trail and, right. and a big cat killed her. But I would think the sniffer said, dogs would have been on that trail, Exactly. Though. Exactly. And the sniffer dogs, it sounds like, didn't really get a good grasp on her scent. Hmm. So I just don't. I'm not buying animal attack. I, I didn't know that there's never been a reported human death by black bear. Yeah. And they said that bears in the park just kind of generally are used to people being probably. there and they don't really bug them a whole lot. And if the people don't bug the bears, that's probably yeah. the key. Yeah. So that's theory number four, animal attack. I'm going to meh that one too. Yeah. And lastly, theory number five, paranormal slash weird. And this is when you get into the missing 411 stuff. Uh, satanic serial killers. UFOs, Bigfoot, or government experiment. Mm. But what about her case points to those things? You know what I mean? Like there, some of the elements that are missing are like the weird stuff that's in yeah. the missing. Like you know, her boots weren't found lined up somewhere weird and or neat, somebody turns or, around and they're there one second and, and all then of a sudden they're, they're gone. gone. It's missing no. some of those key missing four one one elements, but. It just, it's odd that she was never found, in no. my opinion, because I don't think she could have gotten far in like an hour, but if then, that's how long she was gone before they started looking for but her. But then it also kind of ties into the whole cluster of people that mm. disappeared there. Yeah. So that is, that, is, is that a killer at work? Is that something paranormal at work? Like, you know, we've talked about all these on here, and if there's time, I'm going to read one of the, an, a story later, but We're I'm, only I'm kind of, in. I'm fascinated by this whole cloaked figures thing, like... We talked about this in an episode where, in a Missing 411 episode, where somebody says they think it's a government thing that they have cloaking devices. Oh, cloaking oh, yeah. technology. Okay. But I have a I story. I thought you meant like a figure no, wearing a I dark a, cloak, which I is have creepy. A, <laughs> I have like, I kind of have both of those stories later. So I have two stories I'm going to read at the end just in case we got time to kill. Okay. Because that's basically all I have for her. There's not a lot. I uh, feel like it was either. But this is one of the granddaddies of the missing 411 cases because this is what kind of got begin, the ball rolling where he's it. like, where, where Dave Politis is like, they're keeping something back something from us. Something not right about it. That's so, that's weird that they won't release no. the case file. But what do you think happened to her? Which of those theories do you think? I, as much as I want to say Bigfoot, <laughs> I go with either um, just a bad um, set of circumstances it's a perfect storm yeah. for her to just get lost get injured never found or because of the other people in that time frame in that killer. area serial killer yeah. those are my i'm leaning towards those i don't think she ran away no i don't i, think it, I don't think it was an animal attack and i as much as i want to blame bigfoot i don't <laughs> think, think i can in this, this scenario yeah. although it, you know it could explain why she was never found yeah, I totally. Uh, I'm going to go with Lost, that she just got lost. But like, especially that person that's familiar with that area said it looks, the trails kind of look the same, and it's mm-hmm. easy to go to the lake and then take the wrong trail back. And Had all they of a ever sudden, been there before? I don't know. That I don't know. That would know. be good to know. Yeah, uh, but it's easy to get lost. And then, but do you think, would she have just taken off into the woods? Would she have straight stayed on the trail? If she had cigarettes, she probably had matches or a lighter where she would have been okay staying overnight. Did they do hiking trips like this before or camping Yeah, trips? I believe so. because so of, it yeah. feels like she would have, would known, have known better. Yeah. Kurt's still eating the candy. I'm still licking my Mexican candy. We cannot leave any of that down here. We're going to have ants again. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if she'd been, but it's, if they've done this trip, so I'm assuming they've done this before. They knew the area, it sounds like. So she mm-hmm. wanted to go... I don't know. I I think she got lost. I think she took a wrong trail, panicked, maybe took, went off and thinking that she saw the 
the camp and then went into the woods and her her remains are out there somewhere. So where in reference to the camp was the lens cap found? That I could not get a grasp on. But it, it just was said found in, a, in like meadow, a meadow. In a meadow. Off trail. Off trail in a meadow near where she was last seen. A bird, Which is weird a bird because could have picked it up and dropped pe- it there. A lot though. of people said that almost makes it sound like she was grabbed. Like somebody grabbed her. And maybe the lens fell and they just chucked it. Yeah, it, it's possible. Hmm. You know, it is weird. Why? Why would it be there unless I don't she know. walked through there and the lens know. cap fell off? And the fact that they're so hesitant to give the report makes it me think that they know there was a killer maybe working there at the time mm-hmm. and they just didn't want it getting out. But right. I'm gonna go with lost. But there's a very leaving the door open for leaving the door killer. open for a serial killer because that almost makes sense to me. Yeah, based on everything else. Yeah, but it just kills me to think that her her skull is out there with somewhere some braces with some braces to attached mm-hmm. to it I'm with so you. i uh, like her family most of her family's passed away by now sure. and she's got and they never got nieces closure. and nephews never got closure so i'm hoping somebody finds something but that's a huge park and if she is in a crevasse or if she went like under a, a rock outcropping or a cave or something like that for the night and died you might never find her i think what's tough about these cases that are like from the 80s there's no digital trail like it's not our lives aren't documented or our lives weren't documented back then like they are now yep Yep. um and there's not as much to go off of now if it were a more modern case we'd have we'd have facebook posts and instagram posts and yep um cell you know signals yeah and you can buy uh, there's things you can buy for like a couple hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. That's a satellite thing where if you get a lost, you, you it's not a phone, but it's a transponder where oh. you get lost, you click that thing, they'll be able to find you, like pinpoint exactly where you are. Yeah. But then people still get lost. Every sure. I'm reading constantly about people getting lost in national parks. So to end the Stacy stuff, uh, from an October 28th, 2017 article on vice.com called, quote, how America's national parks became hotbeds of paranormal activity. The article ends with, quote, as for what happened to Stacy that day, there are plenty of theories, but no definitive answers. Could she have crossed paths with a mountain lion? Surely somebody would have heard her scream. Did she fall and slip between some rocks? Search and rescue seemed to look everywhere. Or was her disappearance a homicide? According to the elderly man who accompanied her for a bit, there was allegedly another group of hikers nearby. Stacy's a cold case now. Unlike other missing children in more recent times, she's not memorialized on a website or on Facebook, yet people haven't forgotten her. And Dave Politis gets credit for that. It's a strange compromise to be remembered as an X-File, but maybe that's what it takes. Maybe soon the National Park Service will dust off these records and make them public. There, they're likely to seem a lot less mysterious, as all things are when brought out into the light. Hmm. So there you go. There's Stacy Aris. It's sad. It is sad. And it, it like the no closure thing just always gets me. Like right. that just yeah. sucks, you know. Her family, like with 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 Trini Gibson too. Mm-hmm. Like no closure, still don't know what happened to her. Right. So that's Stacy Aris missing four one one. Got the whole ball rolling with that when they would not give Politis the the file for that. Hmm. Sparked a whole movement. Yep. But now we're gonna get into some general weirdness of Yosemite National Park. Okay. And there's a couple different ones. It's pretty interesting. I never knew any of these. So on MysteriousUniverse.com, there is a 2017 article called, quote, Curses, Vanishing, and Strange Paranormal Mysteries at Yosemite National Park. The first one is the Curse of Tanea Canyon. There's a place called Tanea Canyon, which runs from Tanea Lake to a mountain called Clouds Rest, which is right next to the iconic Half Dome. 
The landscape there is gorgeous, made up of clear, deep pools, waterfalls, rock formations, and flowing streams. It's so pretty. I looked at pictures of it. But it's also insanely challenging and deadly. There's no trail down Tanea Canyon. The, Yosem- the official Yosemite trail map you're given at the park specifically has on it in big letters, quote, hiking in Tanea Canyon is dangerous and strongly discouraged. People attempting to hike in that area often have to be airlifted out. Oh, boy. And people continue continually go hiking in that I can area. I do it. Yeah. I would not make that mistake. I'll be like, I was in... I'm not overconfident about my hiking skill. I was in Point Beach once or twice. I know my way around <laughs> yeah. a park. Yeah. But people always get stuck in there. Hmm. From that Mysterious Universe article, quote, When white settlers arrived in Yosemite Valley, they encountered a tribe of Native Americans called the Awani, who were a peaceful people but also prone to occasionally poaching livestock from their new neighbors. In the 1850s, the whites decided that they had enough of sharing the land with these troublesome natives and sought to relocate the Awani to a reservation in Fresno, California. I just shake my head. I know, I know. Well, we're just going to decide to uproot this yeah, community. We thought it was ours. That we thought was it here was first. Manifest destiny. This is our Ugh. our land. The normally peaceful Awani tribe, led by a chief Tanea, did not go perhaps as compliantly as was expected. Good. <laughs> they defied the order to get out. Eventually, the white settlers sent in a contingent of armed men, led by a captain John Bowling, to forcibly remove the tribe, and things went just about as well as expected. Instead of fleeing in fear, as was expected of the usually apparently docile natives, the Awani instead opted to stubbornly stand their ground and fight. During the ensuing violence, Chief Tanea's son was among the dead, which sent him into a profound rage in which he invoked a curse on the valley against the white man. The chief supposedly said this curse as he was confronted by an armed captain during the battle, saying, quote, Kill me, Sir Captain. Yes, kill me as you kill my son, as you would kill my people if they were to come to you. You would kill all my race if you had the power. You have made me sorrowful, my life dark. You killed the child of my heart. Why not kill the father too? You may kill me, Sir Captain, but you shall not live in peace. I will follow in your footsteps. I will not leave my home, but be with the spirits among the rocks, the waterfalls, in the rivers, and in the wind. Wherever you go, I will be with you. You will not see me, but you will fear the spirit of the chief and grow cold. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hell hath no fury. Nope. Since then, the chief has allegedly been true to his words, and in the years since that fateful day, Tanea Canyon, and by some accounts, the whole of Yosemite Valley, has been said to be plagued by all manners of freak accidents, strange deaths, mishaps, and unexplained phenomena, such as unexplained noises and shadowy apparitions. There are supposedly far more incidents of rock climbing and hiking accidents and fatalities in the Tanea area than other places in the park, and so many people have gone missing here that it has garnered itself the ominous nickname of the Bermuda Triangle of Yosemite. Hmm. Yeah. And I believe that's kind of where she was, like okay. in that in that area when uh, Stacy disappeared. So there's the curse. Uh, there's also haunted locations there, which I never, I never knew that there were actually like hotels in this park. Oh, like no, big me hotels, really like nice ones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For the people who don't want to rough it. Awani Hotel, spookily named after the previously mentioned Doom Tribe, opened in 1927, just a short distance from Half Dome. The Awani Hotel at the time was a big deal and that was a large, luxurious hotel in an area known for mostly camping and small lodges, which made it a popular destination with tourists. It has also become well known for being haunted. It was reportedly one of the biggest inspirations for the Overlook Hotel in The Shining. Hmm. And if you see a picture of it, it looks like The Shining Hotel. Okay. Yep. I can picture it. 
There are numerous ghosts said to inhabit the hotel, such as that of a woman named Mary Curry Tresseter, who had been part of the hotel's design and opening and who lived and died in her private apartment here in 1970. Her ghost supposedly lingers on the sixth floor where her room was located, and sightings of her ghost are frequently reported by staff and guests alike. The entity is said to be more prankish than frightening and is known for tucking in visitors as they sleep, folding their clothes, and misplacing their items around rooms, as well as guests hearing her call out to them in the middle of the night. Hmm. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. She can fold my clothes. I yeah, she can fold my clothes and my tuck name. me in. I just don't want to hear that. John F. Kennedy stayed in the hotel during a visit in 1962. He had been having back pain, so a rocking chair was brought up to his room, and he reportedly spent a lot of time sitting there calmly rocking away. Hmm. The chair was removed from the room after he left, but since his death, a ghostly rocking chair has often been reported showing up on its own in rooms and halls throughout the hotel's third floor, which is where Kennedy's room had been, and especially in his actual room itself. So there is a ghostly rocking chair Hmm. that just shows up. Not a chair that just rocks on its own. No, but it's a ghostly, it's a ghostly rocking chair that wow. shows up. Okay. And I'm, assuming, heard of that I'm assuming that there's ghostly rocking noises too. I would imagine. But a rocking chair just showing up is creepy enough. That's weird. <laughs> you know? So, I don't you see know. that every day. No. That'd be like one just all of a sudden you come down here one day and there's a rocking chair sitting that down That would be so creepy. Yeah. So if it was rocking, <laughs> I think we'd be looking just for... the chair itself would be creepy because we don't have a rocking chair. No. I think we'd be looking for a new studio if that happened, yeah. wouldn't we? <laughs> sell this house yeah another haunted hotel in yosemite national park is the sierra sky ranch built in 1877 the sierra sky ranch started its life as a sanitarium for housing and quarantining victims of tuberculosis is (laughs) (laughs) Is that your nickname for it tuberculosis i got a little bit of the tuberculosis tuberculosis many of whom died here several were children after that, it became a home for World War I veterans, and then it went on to become a hotel containing 29 rooms. Guests constantly report a range of weird paranormal activity. From that article, quote, One of the most common types of ghostly occurrence at the Sierra Sky Ranch is that of phantom children who are said to run up and down stairs and halls and who can be heard giggling, whispering, or talking when no one is around or talking in the very walls themselves. That's creepy. Anything mm-hmm. coming from the walls. Talking in the, in the walls. These spectral children are reportedly most often sighted in the media room and the main living room area of the hotel and are blamed for some of the poltergeist activity reported from here, such as lights, faucets, or appliances turning on or off by themselves, doors opening or slamming shut when no one is around, and guests' clothing being tugged by unseen hands. Other ghosts said to inhabit the Sierra Sky Ranch are a woman who supposedly lurks about the main house and library and who smells of perfume, a ghostly bar patron who kisses visitors and bartenders on the cheek, and the more sinister entity of a scowling, angry-looking man who paces about on the hotel veranda and has been known to violently knock over furniture. Hmm. Yep. I'd love to stay at one of those places in So the would park. I. I think some of the money we get coming in for our... Hey, we can do it. We should do a trip to Yosemite. Sure. Do a live episode from Yosemite. Never did. You could go out and see how easy it is to get lost. We're just going to send you out. Oh, okay. Okay. In flip-flops? In flip-flops. No compass or flashlight. Another haunted area is said to be Grouse Lake. The first report of something happening there was in 1857 by Galen Clark, who later became Yosemite's very first park ranger in 1867. 
Clark was hiking out to the small lake when he claimed that he'd heard a strange wailing seeming to come from the water itself, sounding, quote, like a lost puppy. Clark later asked some Native Americans of the area what kind of animal it was that he had heard or if they had a dog that could have made the noise, and they told him that what he heard was the spirit of a tribal boy who had drowned there years ago and did not take kindly to visitors. It was even claimed that he would attack anyone who set foot in the water. Clark later wrote of this, quote, They replied that it was not a dog, that a long time ago an Indian boy had been drowned in the lake, and every time anyone passed there, he always cried after them, and no one dared go into the lake, for the boy would catch them by the legs and pull them down, and they would be drowned. Well, I then concluded that it must have been some unseen waterfowl that actually made the cry, and at that time, I thought the Indians were trying to impose on my credulity, 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 (laughs) that they thought he was naive that they sure. were just like p- trying to pull his chain so to okay, speak okay but now yeah, but I, this sounds like yeah, classic like yeah. native american but now i am lore. convinced that they fully believe the story yes, they told me absolutely yep. and to this day people report strange sounds coming from the area of the lake mm. i would love to check out that lake yeah so much not alone but yeah <laughs> yeah and then there is the haunting of perhaps Yosemite's most famous waterfall, Bridal Veil Fall, which cascades 617 feet down a sheer granite cliff. The Awani tribe believe that the fall was the haunt of an evil spirit called Pohono, who was known to try and lure unsuspecting victims over the precipice to their deaths. The method by which the spirit was said to do this varied, in some cases using hypnotic rainbows in the mist to draw people closer, and in other cases calling out to use curiosity against victims or even appearing as an apparition to beckon people closer, after which a strong gust of wind would blow them over the fall. Indeed, there have been a few recorded deaths of people being blown out over the fall or slipping and falling far to the rocks below, and the winds are said to be very unpredictable at the top. Campers in the area have also reported hearing strange voices or sounds coming from the direction of the falls at night. Creepy. Hmm. Yeah. And now we got some personal stories that I got off Reddit. Reddit user, or this was from a, a comment section after one of these articles about Yosemite. A user named Cindy Sherhold said, quote, My son said that they had met local Indians up there that say there is also a creature that they call the Nunu that lives up there. The, the, Nunu, Nunu. the Nunu are short, ugly little troll-like creatures. The only experience my son has had up there so far is that they were too far from the base camp one day to hike back, so they were told to make camp in this old, uninhabited conservation court building. It's used from time to time, but nobody lives or stays there for most of the year. Anyway, he told me he was laying down, about ready to go to sleep, and he heard a strange noise. It sounded like something had come up running to the outside of the building and made a noise that sounded to him like it was whispering the letters W-A-P-E. Yeah, the the whispering, it was like muttering, and it sounded like W-A-P-E. Okay. And then whatever it was ran off. He said it literally scared the heck out of him, but he didn't try to go see what it was. I know. Something like muttering or whispering nearby, and you can't, oh, that's weird. Yep. And I believe this is the same person or somebody else, but they said summer of 1994, I was a seasonal employee of Yosemite National Park and was housed in a residence near the base of Yosemite Falls in Yosemite Valley. There were several of us housed there and we all felt somehow that something was watching us. There might be some movement in the corner of an eye as you entered a room, but when you looked, nothing was there. My room was at the end of a hallway with a door on one side that led up to a second story by way of stairs. That door was kept locked since nobody was allowed on the second story. One night, my car alarm went off, and I moved through the dark house to the porch and down to disable the alarm. 
I had no difficulty moving through the dark hallway going out, but coming back to my bedroom, I ran smack into the stairway door that for some inexplicable reason was now open across the hallway. Rubbing my forehead ruefully, I closed that door and climbed back into bed. Within a minute or two, that hallway door slammed and a thumping noise ran up the stairway behind it. I stayed in bed. The next day, I was telling my story to a friend in the room when the closet door unlatched by itself and opened fully, emitting a small squeaking sound. Come on. This residence is still in the Valley residential area where all the housing was built over the primal sites of the Wachini villages and graveyards. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... I, I really want to go all to this place. All that land and they decide to build on top of... I know. <sighs> graveyard come on people yep i know that's just bizarre but there are a lot of weird things out at yosemite national park mm-hmm. and i really badly want to go there yeah now. so that is the weirdness of yosemite i like it i, I like too. that we got a little haunting stuff we got haunting stuff in there well you said we needed to get more paranormal stuff in. um thank you my tooth is starting to hurt uh-oh I have two more weird stories that I just threw in here that I was going to use if we had time. And I think we got time. Yeah, I think so. So I just think these are super cool. Um, The second one I might have read already, but I don't think I did. But I think there is going to be a episode about this phenomenon maybe next season because I just think it's fascinating and it's the the, um, camouflage stuff. Oh, cloaking. But the first, I I just looked up random... Uh, stories from national parks or state parks that were weird. And I just took these two out because I like them. The first one is from Reddit user FightThePower98. He says, I got a story. I was a part of a three-person trail crew. We were a good 26 miles from the trailhead. We were working on diverting the existing trail from an eroding cliff. This new trail was going to be a seven-mile diversion, so we were five miles into building the new trail about another half day until we linked up with the old trail. It's mid-morning, so we decide to take a quick break. I leave my two crew members to go answer nature's call, so I am digging a small hole to poop in, (laughs) when all of a sudden I hear someone whistling a tune. I just assume it's my crew, so I call out, this place is occupied. (laughs) The whistling stops. It was quiet. Then it started again. It moves just below where I am at. I stand up, and down the hill a ways, I see two men. Both men were dressed in black suits and top hats carrying canes, just casually walking in the middle of the wilderness, no packs, no water bottles, looking like they were taking a stroll in a park after an opera. I walk back to my crew, way freaked out. I tell them what I saw. We all go back and just catch the two men leaving. One of my crew screams down at them and waves. They ignore us and just keep casually walking until they're out of sight. I'm glad his crew members saw them too. Yeah, they weren't even using any trails. They were just walking in between trees. Just a weird and freaky experience for all three of us. I don't think we slept that night. We finished our trail the following morning and headed out back to civilization. It's like a snapshot into the past or something. We just took note of it in our weekly report just in case people actually did get lost out there, but there were no reports. It's like a residual thing or something. It's creepy. Like two guys. That makes me think like a weird cult thing or like. But why wouldn't they respond? I don't know. But it's weird that they had top hats, like the clo- like the clo- like old fashioned suits and canes. And I feel just, like that was a residual thing. I don't like know. They I saw just... something that happened a hundred years ago. Yeah, both men were dressed in black suits and top hats, carrying canes, just casually walking in the middle of the wilderness with no packs, water bottles. Were they or talking? Anything. I don't know. It, mm. He didn't say. But that just kind of creeped me out. Like that's I, creepy. Like if I was ever out in the woods and I saw somebody in like a black suit and a top hat just walking, it's so out I of place. Freak out. It's not natural. Yeah. Yep. 
So huh. I don't know. That is weird. That's very weird. And this last one is is longer, but this is one of those things I'm fascinated with. It's by Reddit user Tens Sand Shoes. No idea. Would just like to start by saying that I am new to Reddit, and this is my first post, so please bear with me if I'm not doing this right. The story I'm about to share is actually why I joined Reddit on my quest to find out as if, to find out if this has happened to anyone else. This is 100% true, and is really hard for me to share because anytime I have tried to tell someone about it, I get laughed at and accused of trying to pull their leg. I recently seen an article about a woman who was hunting and seen an invisible slash cloaked creature that she described as almost like a predator from the movie of the same name. I read her story and saw the picture she took of said predator. We talked about this picture. Now for her picture, remember that it was uh, the guy's wife was up in a tree. Oh, yes. And I do remember this. The picture this. doesn't look like super weird. No. But she says, now for her picture, I personally think it's a combination of flare from the sun and a close-up of possibly her face or something, which is what we thought too. Mm-hmm. I am not dismissing her story though. Actually quite the opposite since I too have encountered something similar. And it is what prompted me to seek out if anyone else has encountered a, quote, predator in the woods. Now on to my encounter. When I was about five years old, I was playing by the edge of the woods behind my grandmother's house. I played there often, and my grandma just kept an eye on me from the kitchen or living room because the house had huge windows that faced the woods. She would come out every once in a while to see what I was up to. I was obsessed with digging in the dirt and collecting unusual rocks and arrowheads that littered the land where my grandmother lived. I should mention that this was Midwest Illinois, not too far from the Cahoyka Mounds, so finding arrowheads was actually not that uncommon. Anyway, that day I remember picking out a spot to dig. I had been out there for quite a while because I remember I had a pretty decent sized hole going when something caught my eye up in the tree that I was next to. I almost don't know how to explain it, but it looked like almost a heat wave coming off the branch of the tree. It was fall. I remember this because I had my pink jacket on and remember thinking that my mom was going to be pissed because I had dirt around the bottom of the arms from digging. I also remember there being a lot of leaves on the ground. Anyway, I'm staring at this heat wave thing and realize that it has a human shape. So here I am, five years old and wondering why there is an invisible man in the tree. I remember feeling scared but unsure what to do. Then it slowly started moving and making a faint clicking sound. That is about the time I decided that I was not supposed to be seeing this, and I hightailed it back to the house. My grandmother saw that I was pretty shaken, and I remember telling her that I had just seen an angel. Hmm. In my five-year-old mind, I didn't know what else it could be. I had never heard of aliens or ghosts or monsters, so to me it had to be an angel because that's all my little mind could think of. Fast forward to when I'm about 12 years old. By this time, the encounter was way out of mind. I loved watching action and sci-fi movies. My dad rented a movie called Predator. I am watching it with him, and the first time you see the Predator invisible and cloaked, I just about pooped my pants. All the memories of that day digging in the dirt came flooding back. I even asked my dad if Predator was real, or if he knew anyone or any animal that had cloaking abilities like that that I didn't know about. He told me it was all fake. It wasn't like it is today where I could just Google it. I had no internet, so again, I just put it out of my mind. Now fast forward to about the year 2004. I am grown. I have three small children. I just went through a separation from my husband. I moved to the next town over to an apartment with my kids. These apartments are all one-level duplexes with there being five buildings. I am on the very last apartment of the last building. The apartments are considered in town but are on the outskirts. There's a deep ditch that runs behind the buildings with a chain-link fence that separates the backyard from the ditch. There are about six or seven trees on our side of the fence. If you follow the ditch a little bit, you hit a small forest that eventually leads to the country with a larger forest and farmland. I am a smoker, but would not smoke in the apartment because of the kids, so I often went out to our back porch. 
One night, I was up late doing laundry and stuff after the kids went to bed. I decided to take a smoke break before I myself before I myself went to sleep. I am back there standing on the porch, and then I started hearing this faint clicking sound. I immediately looked to the ditch because I had seen a groundhog out there a few days before and thought that perhaps he was out there again. The yard is faintly lit from the outside light that is on by the playground that is just to the right of my back porch. I didn't turn on my porch light. I didn't normally if I was just going out for a quick smoke. I didn't see any groundhog or anything in the ditch, so I go back to smoking my cigarette. The faint clicking sound keeps happening, and a slight shift of movement makes me look up into the tree to the left of my porch. It's there, the same invisible thing I had seen when I was five. It's like a distortion in a humanoid shape. It's crouched down on the branch with an arm out holding onto the trunk of the tree. I couldn't believe it. I was like, is this happening? Has it come to kill me from seeing me seeing it all those years ago? All I could think about was my kids in the apartment sleeping. I ran in and slammed and locked the door. I ran to the kids' rooms and made sure all the windows were locked. Then I just turned out the lights of the living room and stared out the blinds at the tree to see if I could catch another glimpse of it. I sat there for about a good 10 minutes and couldn't see anything. I began to think that I'm just tired and my mind is playing tricks on me. Just as I was finally talking myself down, my neighbor's dog comes running across the yard and starts barking at the tree at the same branch that I had seen this predator thing on. This pretty much freaked me out because this dog was not a barker. I had never heard him bark at anything, even at the groundhog that had been hanging out at the ditch. This barking went on for a few minutes until I hear the neighbor lady who owns a dog call him back inside. The dog reluctantly turned to go back home, stopping every few feet to look back at that branch of the tree until he was out of sight. Hmm. I didn't sleep that night and have never seen anything like it again. I don't know what to think of it. I'm a grown woman. I have kids and a good career. I just want to know if anyone else has ever had an experience like this. I know what I saw, believe it or not. Thanks for taking the time to read this. The clicking thing makes me think of signs. It makes me think of uh, Last of Us where, with the clicker, where like one of the mm, zombies is the clicker. Yeah. They would make that clicking noise. But there are, I, this is what I want to have an episode on, But because we talked about this quite a bit during one of the Missing 411, but there's a lot of reports of people seeing something that looks like a camouflage creature or humanoid, like in a tree or in the woods. Hmm. And we talked about that. It was one of, the, one of the weirder theories for Missing 411 is that this is something that the military Government, is yeah. doing and they're testing it out on people, mm-hmm. you know, seeing if they can like detect you detect or you or whatever so i don't know i just thought this was a really fascinating story it like, is like the predator like the thing being camouflaged creeps me out where you can just see like a hint of a sh- of a shape but it's mm-hmm. like shimmering so there you go those are my wow. couple stories that i thought were interesting, interesting. to put on there yeah so there you go that was our second last episode of the season crazy sorry it was a little slapdash but it's been a crazy <laughs> two weeks or so I enjoyed it. I hope everybody else did. Do we have any questions? No, because remember, we didn't have any really? last time. Let me double check because okay. I complained last time that we didn't have I any. I guess they're thinking about my song choice. <laughs> you even told me to like prepare. Okay. We two actually new, have questions. Two new questions. Okay. Both philosophical. Ah, oh, great. You ready? Should we save one for next week? Not next week, but the last episode? What if we don't have any? No, we have time to kill. Let's just do two. Okay. We need questions by next We're week, an people. Hour and Forty minutes. We okay. need questions next week, people. Okay. Question number one. A deep one. Great. What is your philosophy in life? Ugh. <laughs> That's really vague. It's super vague. But what what is your philosophy in life? Like my philosophy in life is just to be good to other people. Uh, live your life the best you can make mistakes because you're going to make them 
just do your best not to hurt anybody else and just be, you know, like Bill and Ted said, be excellent to each other. <laughs> That's basically my philosophy in life is just yeah. be good to other people. I feel like I live the same way too. Like I really do try to treat people the way I want to be treated, but it's also about appreciate appreciating what you have. Yes. I think we spend so much time wishing for things we don't have. And there, there are thousands of people who would give anything to have what you have. Yeah. And so I think it's my philosophy is gratitude. Practice gratitude for what you have in your life, whether it's people, it's your job, not possessions, but things that are special to you. Whether it's the fact that you can look outside and see trees, yeah. like, like gratitude. I think of my students always being like, oh, my home life sucks and all that. And granted, some of them do. But this week I've been seeing like nothing except the news story about those kids that were like chained to the wall. Oh. In that, like, the, you know, where the girls got out mm-hmm. and managed to call the cops. And it's like, God, it's like, yeah. could you imagine that? Right. Like everybody thinks that they have it rough with some stuff, but you have no you idea how so rough some other people have it. Yeah, some people are literally tortured. You know, I complain about my life about not having money, and but I have a roof over my head right now, so that's yeah. more than some people have. Yeah. So, and really, if you think about it, you have everything you need. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do. And if I don't, I have Corey, I have you, I have mm-hmm. friends that won't let me... Right live in a box under a bridge somewhere no. you know so and the there's, pe- there's people sellers always open to you <laughs> <laughs> thank you as long as there's no ghostly rocking chair i'm, I'm no, fine there's not. but um people always have it way worse than you absolutely you do so just re- you know always remember that and just be good to each other there are and people that's... who don't have clean drinking water i mean or food yeah for their next meal no i mean it's crazy nope. and just be good to each other because right now is a time when people just aren't everybody mm-hmm. is so at everybody's throat and it's just disturbing. But remember, that's what we keep. That's all we see on the news. Uh-huh. We don't see the good that's happening because that's not news. Mm-hmm. So I guess remember that the world is sometimes a better place than what we sometimes think. And the too. news makes it look. Mm-hmm. Kurt's really going to town on that. Uh, I like this. Candy. I like this thing. Darn it. <laughs> okay, what's the second one? The second one. Where have you? Where and when have you felt your biggest adrenaline rush? Hmm. I don't know. That one, I don't Unfortunately, know. Unfortunately, it's probably been um, traumatic situations. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like when Jim had his medical stuff Ugh, back in the yes, day. Yes, because that was bad. Like when he had was having a seizure, yeah. <laughs> a grand mal seizure. That was like, wow. That, yeah, I still can remember that with vivid detail. And it was like f- 15, 16 years ago. I, I, I'm not a thrill seeker. I don't do stuff where... No, but I feel like we get them on investigations, like on ghost yeah. investigations, like you in the vault. <laughs> that yeah. was an adrenaline rush. I suppose, yeah. It's not the same as someone you love might be dying in front of no. you. <laughs> you know, that... I guess I'm looking at good adrenaline rushes. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, other than ghost hunting, I guess, sure, I've been on a roller coaster. I don't remember that too much. I mean, I don't think about that stuff. 
Unfortunately, what comes to mind to me is traumatic things. Yeah. Because those things just unfortunately stand out more in your brain than the, the happy See, I guess stuff. I was looking at like ghost hunting investigations, like mm-hmm. at Vicky's, at Elsing's in, in Stoughton. That first EVP session. Not, like every time we were there, something happened. Yeah. You and I being freaked out in the back room yeah. and you and I was happy to leave that area because we were both so yeah. freaked out. The thing breathing in my ear was definitely The thing breathing in your ear racing. when I was down in the, in the furniture room by myself in the morning and I asked, is there anybody here? And something tapped, tapped, on, on, the tapped on the table right next to my head. Uh, yeah. the, the fingers running along the back of my hand when I was sitting up on the stairway, uh, our, when we first hear our EVPs that we caught, like all my stuff is tied, like adrenaline, like good adrenaline rushes are tied in with ghost hunting, ghost hunting. Yeah. You also know, a watching bad a one, tree a, fall on my house. <laughs> a bad one would be when I found my dad oh, sure. dead in his bed yeah. with a heart attack. Mm-hmm. That was a bad adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, but I, I tend to go towards like the good ones, like the, the ghost hunting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. I miss that stuff. I know. We got to do, like next year, we got to do some live mm-hmm. on a ghost hunt. We have to go somewhere. I think we could take even Coleman if it's a, up even, on his offer to to do the reserve asylum. the asylum for one night. Yeah. For or even if group. just like you and I go to a cemetery and like record yeah. a little bit in a cemetery. I think we got to start doing, not, I don't want to say, what am I looking for? Like when a news story goes fr- is from location. On location. On location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to do more. We got to do more in the field. We have to do more stuff. in the field. Like just yeah. you and I record. Maybe one day go back to the old school just for the hell of it and redo a uh, just record you and I talking there. You mm-hmm. don't want to go back there. I just have no desire. No, because I sent you that picture. From... I don't have any positive association with it anymore. Yeah, there's too much anxiety around it. Yeah, um, but I think we need to do more next season. Yeah, like go on an investigation and then record you and I talking during the investigation and stuff. Yeah, hey, if you live in Wisconsin and, and you know of a place that we could get into to do like a late afternoon, early evening investigation. <laughs> Very early evening investigation. Uh, let us know. We'd love to do that. Yeah, if you got a place that's haunted at like 9 a.m., let me know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm your guy. don't stop being haunted during the day. So, I mean, no. I know we investigate at night because there's less ambient noise. Your senses yeah. are heightened because it's dark yeah. and it's just more of a rush to do it yeah. at night. But yep. again... Things don't just stop happening no. because it's daylight. Exactly. That'd be a great experiment. Do an investigation in the day. Maybe that's something we'll be we groundbreaking. Could do. <laughs> It'll be groundbreaking. So cool. Good questions, but we need more questions for next we week, people. And next season. And next season. That's going to be your mission. That is your mission over the, our break is to send us more questions. Are we moving on to song choices? We're moving on to song choices. There was no theme. No, we could just, because I was super late in getting back to Krista about it. So I just said, pick whatever song you want. So I actually have had a song running through my head lately, and I I can't remember why. I don't know if I heard it on a commercial or something, but this is so weird because I'm not normally like a Madonna person. Oh, boy. But her song Frozen, um, it, it's it's a little different. Um, it's from her Ray of Light album. Um, it's kind of dark a little you know how i like my dark music and i know the words are um if emo, i could melt your Krista. heart oh yeah it's <laughs> not at all the vibe i go for. <laughs> um it, i don't know i just like it it has sort of like a i can't think of the word i'm looking for melancholy like a no melancholy? it's sort of like like i picture morocco or, or something exotic it, it has that feel to it mm-hmm. The, the drums and sort of the, if I remember the video, it's very, 
I think she's doing like some. I I, rec- I kind of remember the video. Yeah, like, vaguely. Um, I just think it's a cool song. I like I said, I'm not really a huge Madonna fan, but I'm I, not a Madonna fan. Really but you know what song I love? Every time I hear it, I'm like, I love this song, Ray of Light. Oh, that I is love a good the song. song Ray of Light. I think that's I not really the same do. same yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. But is I that love the that name song. Of the album? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure that's on there. What? But uh, I <laughs> love the song weird. Ray of Light. I'm not a Madonna guy. I mean, I was around in the 80s when Madonna was huge. I mean, anytime like Material Girl comes on or something, I'm going to sing along. <laughs> but, but she was better than I think she got credit for. Like her songs, mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Cyndi Lauper. Like Cyndi Lauper had some darn amazing. good songs. Yeah. Her song, True Colors. True Colors still... and. Uh, uh, so good. Uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Like one of the Girls best songs ever written. Fun? No, oh, okay. one of the best songs ever written. Time after time oh, is time one of time. the best yes. songs ever written. So good. Yes. So yeah. So I'm totally down. I can I can go with Madonna. Cool. Um, the one I'm gonna go with, and I believe I mentioned it on this podcast years ago, but I love this, and this is fascinating to me because this is not an actual song. It's a mashup. Oh. And this came out in 2012. There's this guy that does these like brilliant mashups of songs. His name is DJ Earworm. Earworm, okay. And at the end of every year, he takes like hits from that year and weaves them into a new song. Okay. And it just floors me because this is on my flash drive in my car. And I listen to this. And to me, this is its own song. So when I'm listening to a song and... One of these parts is on that song. It just seems weird to me because it's like it doesn't belong in the original song. It belongs in this. Uh, but th- it's the song called Shine Brighter. Okay. And I just think this is one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. I listen to it in my car all the time. But like I said, this is one of those things where like the sum is more than its individual parts where I think mm. this is brilliant. And when I hear Call Me Maybe or whatever, it's like... It, the section that's in this song just sounds weird because it's not in this song. Okay. And I love this song, so mine is Shine Brighter by DJ Earworm. DJ I will, Earworm. Okay. I will post it in cool. the... They're like Kesha is in there. Interesting. The Lumineers is in there. Oh. And most people that do mashups just like put one lyrics, one of the lyrics with the beat from the other song and yeah. he actually weaves the lyrics together oh, okay. so that they're making like new phrases interesting but he does it so well that i'm just floored i used to listen to him every year but 2012 shine brighter is just like amazing that's one of the best ones so i will post cool. that in the group nice is it time for a pickle joke i think it's time for a pickle joke and uh, then we will do our should i do our joke? deets first yeah go ahead you can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session without the S. We are on Instagram at The Strange Sessions, where Krista just does a bang-up job. You can send us postcards and snail mail. We probably don't need any more food right now because we're done with the season. Yeah. So don't send any and taste test stuff. we still have taste, taste test to stuff through. to do. But you can send us postcards and snail mail to The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitou Rock, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. And you can call our, it's not a lonely phone line anymore, but it's 920-443-9602. And we love voicemails for the yes. listener stories. Yes, for listener stories. Again, thestrangesessions at gmail.com. <laughs> But for sending us a voicemail for a listener story, it is 920-443-9602. There are no prompts saying, this is a strange session. It yeah. just says, what's your message? And 
you have like a three minute limit. So okay. that if you don't get that, you got to call back. And I'll stitch it together. But please send us stories by the next episode. Please, please, please. I'll be hitting you up in the Facebook groups. And Instagram. And Instagram. And I'll probably be coming to your house door to door (laughs) asking you for stories, begging you on your front. I'll be drunk out on your front porch at 3 a.m. begging you for stories. I need your stories. It is a story booty call. Okay, Um, hold on a second. Okay. So, yeah, we need stories. In In case Kurt didn't make it clear. We need stories. We need stories. Okay, so I I can never remember where I left off. What gives pickle, what gives a pickle good taste? Uh, college. Something about college. Yep, four years in an Ivy League school. What's the phrase heard most often at pickle card games? What? Dill me in. <laughs> that one's actually not bad. All right, I think that's it. I am loving this sucky thing. Not sucky as in it's terrible? No, as in I love sucking on it or licking it. I'll just end there because there is no place good we can go from that <laughs> no. point. Um, and I think that's it. It is. If we haven't mentioned it yet, please send us your stories for the next episode <laughs> or season finale. Also, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, Chris and I will be taking our break pretty soon to yep. recharge our batteries. Speaking of Thanksgiving, I just want to say how thankful we are for you guys. Yeah, for you our guys strangers. have no idea. Yeah. You literally have no idea. No, you don't. Um, yeah, we love you guys more than you know. Like, we do. We never in a million years thought it would be what it is today. Mm-hmm. And granted, we are not breaking any records in the in the podcast industry. No, but not we, winning awards. We every every email, every message we get from somebody, it means so. It much. means so much to us. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. for We listening. never get an email, and we're like, oh, we got another email. We're like, oh, did you see the email we just got? I know. Like. <laughs> I remember one of the only bad ones we got is that one that called us a frat, called me the frat boy and you the giggly, yeah, yeah, yeah. the giggly millennial. Somebody <laughs> sent us an email too, though, that was like, you guys haven't put out any good content in like yeah, but weeks, then they, but then, then they emailed but, again know, and they're like, it, oh, sorry, wrong podcast. Wrong <laughs> so, and we know. were like, yeah, right. They probably just didn't get a response and felt bad. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that this season was not subpar, but it was so-so. But I think... We just kind of had a lot. I had a lot going on this We've season, so I feel like on. this season was wasn't up to snuff. But darn it, we'll get it going one of these times. Sure, sure, sure. People always say even a bad episode is better than good episodes from other podcasts. Sure. So we love you guys. Yeah, we do. That's all there is to it. Yep. So I think from Krista and I, send us your stories. Uh, we are down <laughs> in the strange cellar. And now we have Mothman looking out at us. Yep. And thank you so much, the Carpenters and, and, Tom. and Tom, for the awesome gifts. Yeah, amazing. We love you guys. Thank you so much for making all of this possible. And until next time, stay, stay strange. strange.